All right, so this is Speakeasy. I'm Rico Galliano. And I'm Brendan Francis Noonan, and it's in, it's, it's in May. <laughs> it is for me. It sounds, from the way you say that, like you're I'm, not. I forgot. Okay. It's happening so quick. And uh, this is Speakeasy. This is an occasional bonus podcast-only episode where we uh, play some stuff that didn't make it into the final cut of our show for various reasons, not because it's bad, but because we just couldn't fit it in there. Or and sometimes they use bad words, and that's why it's in here. That's because right. Because we can't put it on the radio. This might be an R-rated podcast, all you parents out there. And uh, and then we play these clips, and then we speak off the cuff, unscripted, a.k.a. we speak easily about them. So maybe we should just begin with someone famouser than us. Yes. And uh, Thomas Middleditch, who uh, has a really interesting face. And is the star of Silicon Valley. That's how you start his CV. Thomas Middleditch, who has an interesting face. I I love his face. It's really it is really interesting. That is kind of true. Um, He's, and he came by, and you interviewed him. Yes. And then we were doing something else in the studio, and you're like, "Oh my god, it was such a great interview. It was like nonstop. He was so funny, and I was funny. We had a blast, and I was happy for our show, although a little bit jealous, admittedly. Yeah. That you had such a great time because it happens occasionally with guests. One of us gets. Alignment with him. Yeah. We, well, I and mean, now we had, we're going to play another clip of that great time, aren't we, Rico? We are. And we're going to start the show with it if I have anything to mm. say about it, which I do. Okay. Um, yeah. Right before we start, for those who don't know, he was in uh, Silicon Valley. He plays the uh, main character, this kind of very geeky tech uh, coder, this kind of shy guy. In the studio, it turns out, he is just unstoppably funny and incredibly quick witted. And here's an example thereof before we, you know, fully got going with the interview. I was just testing my microphone so that there weren't, you know, plosive P's. My, my P's didn't pop, as we say in the industry. Here's the tape. I'm popping, popping P's, P-pops, P-pops. P-P-poppers? P- hey, I- welcome to P-P-poppers. <laughs> we got jalapeno bombers and uh, tequila Rockefeller, that's oyster-flavored tequila shots for about half price. In fact, <laughs> we'll give you a few because we, uh, we can't sell them. Anyway, adult arcade games, and we got a backroom prostitution ring if you guys want to check that out. Anyway, welcome to PP Poppers. Here's your menus. I'll be back in a minute. My name's Skyler, and uh, I full-blown hate myself. (laughs) (laughs) He created and basically did a commercial for a whole new restaurant. That was really good. Out of nothing. And here's the people who are confused about just white dudes of a certain age talking, now the (laughs) clip is over. And this is Rico and Brendan again in the present moment of May. But go ahead, Rico. Give us some context. For the, the, well, it's just happened. the thing. As When that happened, I was delighted because, you know, it's great when you have a guest who can come up with great stuff Play. all the time. Yeah. yeah, you can just, like, ask a question and let them go. But I also realized I got this chill of fear because I consider myself to be an okay funny guy. But this guy was so fast. I just realized I was sitting in a room with a guy who can really improvise with the best of yeah. them. And I felt very cowed. That's actually not how you expressed it, actually. Rico. Really? You were kind of like, you were almost like, you know what? It really burned me that this young guy was so funny. You <laughs> know, like, there was almost it? a, there was a, well, there was a little jealousy. You, you know, I'm not, oh, I'm, I'm not, definitely jealous. Yeah. But you were just like, man, I was like, another one. Look at this guy. He's so talented. You didn't say he looked interesting. That was me. But um, you were probably implying <laughs> is that. He, is but he, you, you were in all of his. scotch my, my budding friendship with Thomas Middleton. I'm just trying to speak easily. I'm trying to give people the raw. I was definitely jealous. Yeah. But I will, I will say that this is one of those guys where it was like him 
and uh, and Chuck Klosterman whenever we have him on the show. I feel like I could talk to them forever. We would finish each other's sentences because we talked about Dungeons and Dragons and just every geeky kind of 80s and 90s thing you can talk about. I don't know. I think that we would be friends in another life. What, you and, and Chuck Close? I think you guys are the same person. R- really? Except he's more successful. He's way more successful and a better writer. But you guys are about the same money. age and like have the same cultural references. That's exactly right? what I'm saying. And yeah. it was, it, yeah. that was a delight. That's not always the case. I can, I can express delight about that. I, I support it. I'm just giving context. <laughs> um, I, maybe I'll start stalking him. That's all I'm saying. Chuck, Chuck Klosterman, you're on notice. Yep, and Thomas. So that was Thomas Middleditch. You should go listen to that uh, whole interview. is a blast, and it is available on our Apple Music feed. No, Apple Podcast feed. It's no yeah. longer called iTunes. It's called Apple Podcasts. And they make sure we know it. And it's a couple episodes back. So our next clip is not going to involve a white dude of a certain age. It's going to involve a woman named Amy Mann. Yes. Who, I'll be, I'll be honest, Yeah. you know, Amy Mann has a new album coming out, and they're like, hey, would you guys like Amy Mann on your show? And I was like, mm-hmm. Yes, but, to, but explain why. Not because we dislike her music or anything. Or no, no. She, she's but an just, awesome It just person. felt a little public radio-y for me. I was like, you know what, Amy Mann, people in public radio who book public radio love Amy Mann. Yeah. And so she's going to be, yeah, you're going to hear her all over the radio. What would be different about having her on our show? Well, and that's when we we're like, you know what we're going to do? Mm-hmm. We're going to have Amy Mann answer your etiquette questions. And that's why and we make two, the big bucks. That's right. Two magical things happened. Yep. One, she answered your etiquette questions. Two, she's really funny and smart. She is unbelievable. I was, uh, yeah. Although, you know, the reason why everybody likes her in public radio is because we like funny, smart people. So maybe you should have thought about that beforehand. You okay. should have expected it. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. she turned out to be extra special funny and nice. Uh, go and look on our Instagram feed, and uh, you will see her. Oh. Uh, there's a photo of me with her, and she's holding up our uh, branded dinner party download pillow between me and her because she had a little bit of a cold, and she didn't want me to catch it. I mean, it. I don't know how funny that is. But she's polite. She's oh. polite. So she was good for etiquette as well. I'm saying she's she's also 20 feet tall and she can punch through walls with her eyes. Also, her music's pretty melancholy. You know? It is. And so you're not thinking, we got a booger on the show. It's going to be a blast. Yes. But darn it, it was a blast. It and was. we have an extra bit. So let's hear this little exchange. It's Amy Mann, the musician, answering uh, one of our listeners' etiquette questions. This next question comes from Scott in Seattle. And Scott writes, apparently one of the greatest rare coin collections in the country was amassed by a guy who counted the change at the end of the day for the New York subway system. Wow. Good trivia. He would find rare coins and he would swap them out for their face value. Was this ethical? I have no problem with that. Really? Yeah, swap, swap away. What's, but, you know. but he knows that they're worth more, that people just... And I guess officially that's government property. I, di- I, I disagree. Point. I don't know. I think the guy rooting around in coins. By the way, how valuable can they be? They've been handled. They're not mint. They're, they, they didn't get thrown away in a, in a little cardboard cellophane. <laughs> that's right. They've been sullied by yeah. humanity yeah. and use. They're already garbage. <laughs> they're yeah. Might as well melt them down anyway. Yeah. But here's a potential ethical problem. If this makes this person, it takes them longer to do their job because they're going through every coin in the New York City subway system, coin by coin, and then we're paying them overtime or they're not as efficient. Now we're talking about... You're a hard taskmaster. I know. Man, you're cracking the whip. I think you're you're stretching. I'm just saying, we all know this feels a little funny. We all know it feels a little funny. It doesn't feel that funny to me. It doesn't feel that funny to me. I think it feels feels a little poetic. I feel like it could be an Amy Mann song, this guy. (laughs) You don't think it would... How long would it take to go through every coin in the New York... He probably has a good eye. I think he's got a good eye at this point. Okay. 
Uh, Amy Mann there, giving us etiquette yeah. advice. First of all, Something that is... Something just occurred to me. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Rico. That, first of all, that is an amazing piece of trivia. What a great idea. You got this kind yeah. of probably not that great job, and maybe you're bored, and you're like, oh, look at all these coins. Plus, I'm yeah. a coin collector. I have access to every potential rare coin yeah. passing through the subway system. What a cool guy. And I still think I'm right. We all know it's a little weird, right? Because it would take him longer to do his job. I don't think it's weird. Uh, I think it is, but... Here's, I think, I think also, how many coins are used in the New York subway anymore? That's what I'm thinking. Everyone <laughs> buys things with their credit card oh, or yeah. bills. And so I feel like maybe it wouldn't take that long because maybe <laughs> only there's only like $4.75 a day of actual coinage going through the New York subway system. That's right. It takes them about five seconds. Also, that was a great etiquette question. You know, we usually get the roommate stuff, the, mm-hmm. the kind of what do you bring to a party stuff. But that was interesting. Yeah, mind-blowing. I think if Brian Reed received that that uh, from This American Life, received that etiquette question, there would be S-Town 2. <laughs> and it'd be about the coin collector in the New York subway. <laughs> That's true. It's like I said, it is like an Amy Mann song. You could make that into a metaphor for, I don't know, turning something, you know, solitary and sad into something valuable and real. Somebody turn that into a podcast or a novel. It's certainly sad. <laughs> I will say that she, and she also hits the, I like her kind of uh, uh, stance about how the coins aren't worth anything because they're not mint. And it was just, I was thinking about this the other day because I moved, Brendan, into a new apartment. And you oh, know, I've and, heard. And whenever you move, you know, you have to decide whether all the crap in your apartment is actually worth paying somebody to move into another apartment. You have to reassess everything. And I had, this won't surprise you at all, I have an entire bag of Star Wars figurines from the prequels. Before we knew that they were terrible, I went out and bought a bunch of the figurines before I saw the movie. And they okay. were all. Was this an investment idea? Yes, it was all still. Okay. They were all still in their boxes. Smart. And I put them yeah. all in this bag. I've been keeping them for years. I'm just wondering if you put that money in Apple stock, what would have happened compared <laughs> to prequel figurines? Definitely made more money than I mm-hmm. did off of these Star Wars figurines because but these are least, the prequels get, that nobody liked them. So it was a terrible investment. Nobody wants. Did you those at least things. get a fast food meal out of it? Was it like when you bought a Big Mac, you got a prequel figurine? No, but in the same bag there are little novelty items I got from Burger King, which was putting out Star Wars themed like little Happy Meals toys, <laughs> and I had those too. I'm Thank getting you. really sad. We should go on to our next clip. Okay, let's do it. I care about you, man. I'm yeah. worried. Well, the good news is I got rid of it. Yeah. Oh, you did get rid of it. Yeah. Okay. That's because you were moving in with someone else who was probably like, Rico, I love you, and that's not allowed in our house. That's right. That's my guess. That's my guess. <laughs> let's let's say I anticipated maybe that being said. <laughs> yeah. You you anticipated having to pay double rent when that bag of things was discovered <laughs> sure. bring by in, your partner. <laughs> bring in your Star Wars collection, but you'll have to pay. It was so charming when we first were together, but then I found the bag of Burger King figurines. <laughs> I left of in Jar Jar. The of the night. I actually had, like, you know how Jar Jar Binks has become the symbol of all that's wrong with popular culture? So I had this bag with, like, Jar Jar Binks become stuff in it. It's like, I'm symbol? not taking this with me to a new apartment. I'm glad you vanquished Binks. Hey, yes. um, let's talk about someone bigger than Jar Jar Binks. Much bigger. In the modern moment. His name is Charlemagne the God. In some ways equally controversial, though. And he's in radio. He does commercial radio. He does something called The Breakfast Club, which is a very popular morning hip-hop talk and music show on the iHeartRadio network. And he just wrote a book called Black Privilege. Yes. And uh, he was charming and funny. We've wanted to have him on the show for a while. And he finally came through. Yes. And once again, had such a great conversation, we couldn't use all of it 
on our original podcast. So, Rico, do you want to set up this clip? Yeah, he's known for uh, saying and doing controversial things, uh, particularly on Twitter. So we asked him about it, and here's that clip. I think you have more Twitter followers than anyone who has ever been on our shows. Like really? 1.7 million people. 1.7 million on Twitter, 1.6 on Instagram, but who's counting? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> who's counting? But there have been several instances where you've tweeted something that's been taken as hugely controversial, but then I see you interviewed about the subject and your stance is actually pretty thoughtful and nuanced. Yes. And you you yourself have said that Twitter is, quote, like a bad chain letter, unquote, where Absolutely. stuff is easily taken out of context. We now have a president that tweets. Should we be having important conversations about politics and identity on Twitter? No. Absolutely, positively not, especially when you have other platforms to, you know, uh, express yourself in more than 140 characters and explain the nuance of what you're saying. Um, I just think that, you know, Twitter leaves too much room for error. And I really feel like it's only a matter of time before we have some Orson Welles, War of the World type event that happens via Twitter because somebody took somebody's tweet out of context. And, you know, Mm -hmm. we live in this era where you can just fake tweets. I see fake tweets from Donald Trump all the time. And people really think they're real. Like it was this one, it was one moment uh, a couple years ago where Drake put me in a rap and he said, I'm going to send bottles to Charlemagne. And somebody did a fake Donald Trump page and it was this year and they put, it's Black History Month. So... I'm going to start off by sending bottles to Charlemagne. People started reposting this like it was a real screenshot from Donald Trump. Yeah. Like, oh like I God. said, you have to give people the credit they deserve for being stupid. Yeah. Like, that's the era we live in. So, yeah. no, I don't think you should be having uh, conversations that are important via social media, especially when social media is not even the place to have constructive conversations. Social media is the place where you, you, you put out a thought and people either want to condemn it Mm-hmm. Are, are celebrated. Mm-hmm. One of the two. It's no in between. They either condemn it or celebrate it. It's no thoughtfulness that goes into what you said. Nobody tried to think about it. They either immediately agree with it or immediately disagree with it. So I don't think that is the place for important constructive conversations at all. And, and yet you've got 1.7 twi- million Twitter followers and you're interacting with them. Do you ever feel like just giving it up? All the Would time. Would you? Every day, of my, every day of my life, I say, man, I'm not doing this anymore. Because it's really mm-hmm. pointless. Because you're really just... And then you'll, you'll have those things where somebody will say something to you and then you'll say something back to them and you think they're being serious and they hit you back and be like, oh, I just wanted you to hit me back. And like, what yeah. this? So now I'm yeah, wasting yeah. time and I'm wasting yeah. energy. Like, yeah. I don't mm-hmm. want that. Let's hope today isn't the day Charlemagne stops using Twitter because we would love to have him retweet this episode <laughs> of Speakeasy. It's so sad, <laughs> to right? his followers. It is both a blessing and a curse. It's like you can make anything that you want. You can sort of megaphone it out into the world, but then that also means that you got to listen to what everybody megaphones back at yeah. you. I also love that quote, give people credit for being stupid. Yeah, the credit they deserve for being stupid. One of, one of the things in his books. Anyway, Charlemagne the God, you should totally check out his uh, interview uh, in our episode. It was really quite something. And I think that concludes Speakeasy for today, yes? What else What else should we tell the people? I think that if you signed up for our newsletter, you would hear our One for the Road song for this week. Uh-huh. Um, so maybe that that's an enticement for people who are enjoying this. Go sign up for our newsletter. You can go to our website and find it. Do it. It's dinnerpartydownload.org. But other than that, um, yo, it is yeah. like, what time is it here in New York City? It is 6.10. Wow. I mean, yeah, my union guys are going to be furious with me. (laughs) That's a joke, everybody. um, We're not part of a union. Nope. Um, If we were, you would never have a show because we're always putting in overtime for you, our listeners. No complaints. We're very lucky people. We are. Thanks so much. And let's put the Speakeasy outro song right here. Bonk. Bonk. 